2: Dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space, CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now,
3: let's delve into some Blunt Business with your host. Time for another Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Thank you all each and every week for joining us here on the program. My next guest has extensive business experience in the nutrition industry, ranging from legal and regulatory insight to overseeing all aspects of global sales, product development, marketing, distribution, and operations. He now oversees the world's first ever cannabis-derived nutraceuticals products, brands, and supply chain. Joining me now is the CEO of Medical Marijuana, Inc. and Cannaway, Blake Schroeder here on Blunt Business. Blake, thanks for being on.
4: Awesome to be on the on the show again. I think the last time was back in 2016. So really happy to be here today.
3: As the archivist that I am, I want to give you that that was the last time you were on Cannabis Radio. It would have been on our High on Healthy series, hosted by Audrey Kerger, So I will give the shout out to her because uh, of how far back that goes in our conversations. And also, um, it kind of ties into the fact that we've had MGNA on here on their program, namely uh, chairman of the board and CEO and president. Stuart Titus has been on the program, and most recently, earlier this year, you stepped into the role of Chairman of the Board and Chief CEO and President of MGNA replacing Stuart Titus, who we've had on numerous programs here on the network. And before the appointment, you handled international market development, financial performance management, product development, rebranding efforts, and operational development of the company as a whole. And so we've enjoyed speaking with Stuart over the years here on Canvas Radio since our inception, really that far back but I want to ask you about the transition you have made now and the shoes you feel like you are filling in this role and where the company is now at this point, as you step in in leadership.
4: Yeah. Dr. Titus did an amazing job uh, leading the company all those years and really created the foundation for our company to become the first company to ever launch legal non-psychoactive based cannabis products, not only in the United States, but in Europe and Japan and, and kind of around the world. And, uh, he, the the great thing is, uh, Dr. Titus is still a spokesperson for the company, which is a lot of what he his role had been. You know, talking to the media, doing interviews, um, really pushing hard for worldwide change. And he still has that role in our company as a spokesperson. I'm excited to take on a bigger role uh, to help build on what Dr. Titus was able to build. Uh, you know, we've got a really big vision. We want to take. Well, let me, you know,
3: if I can do one real quick thing. I want to quote you about that said vision because expansion globally is really a focus right now that you have, and you said this quote: "The greatest opportunity for our company is." I always share that we aim to be the first truly global cannabis company, bringing cannabinoid-based products to global emerging markets. And Japan's success is the perfect illustration of that vision of reality. So. We're going to talk extensively about the Asian market because it represents, you say, one of the largest growth opportunities for cannabis products. It is relatively untapped and our entrance just over two years ago easily positioned us with a first mover advantage. So, first of all, talk to me about the opportunities in Asia, the start in Japan and why the Asian market looks so ripe for expansion.
4: Uh, It for sure does. As you look at the global landscape, uh, you know, cannabis is not well known around the world or if it is well known it's prohibited and yeah. asia pacific is changing and those are some massive global market global markets the cbd oil market is expected to reach 5.3 billion dollars by 2025 and we believe asia pacific will be one of the biggest and fastest growing regions we launched one of our subsidiaries Cannaway into japan about a year and a half ago we've had tremendous success And we've recently launched in Hong Kong, uh, and that'll be a gateway for the world's largest market, uh, Greater China. So we feel like there's a massive opportunity. And yes, as you touched, you know, we want to be the world's first truly global cannabis company. And entering this marketplace really gives us a first mover advantage in that part of the world.
3: Now, a little bit, I want to go ahead and ask you, delve more into the expansion to the market and get into more details of what you've done there. Uh, But what I also want to ask is, you know, we've seen a lot of companies, especially in Canada now, because of the legalization they've been able to have there, the supply that they have out there and the fact that they need to go ahead and be able to unload that supply somewhere, and that was where I've I've called Canada the OPEC of cannabis cannabis because of the fact they've been able to go and unload into countries like Australia or maybe into Africa or to Europe as well. And that market. So you know, there's already been the opening of different markets and for an import export, also into South America as well. With that, I wanted to get your take on just, you know, some of the approaches that have been done prior to what you're doing in Asia and what the market does look like, what what areas on the map are, are very interesting to you if you had a good pinpoint on the globe
4: well we care about two things here at, at our company first is uh, taking hemp to every single home and the second is free access you know i remember when i joined this company uh in 2016 and you know even here in the united states at that point there wasn't really free access you had little kid little kids who had you know really challenging circumstances, and they couldn't even be on CBD while they were in the hospital, which you know created this massive movement that we've had here. And if you look at the rest of the world, uh, lots of places in the world are where we were back in 2016. Free access is a massive, massive concern for our company, and we want to create it. Somebody has to create it, and somebody has to go lay the pathway so that it can be created. We believe we're doing that.
3: I'm here with Blake Schroeder, CEO of Medical Marijuana Inc. and Cannaway here on Blunt Business. We're going to go into a break and we're going to go ahead and talk more and delve even deeper into what's going on in the Asian market that MJNA has been a part of so far. We're going to go ahead and talk about that after a short break. Stay with us. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business.
2: Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time tested gift around.
3: We're back with Blake Schroeder, CEO of Medical Marijuana, Inc., and Cannaway here on Blunt Business. So I want to delve into the expansion that MJNA has made into Asia. Now, Cannaway, as you mentioned just before, has been approved to join two of the leading hip industry organizations in Japan. This is going to delve more into the fact that you've made it into the Japan market uh, So, and Hong Kong, but I'll bring up Japan first. So Hokkaido Industrial Hip Association, and the Association for Japan Cannabinoid have uh, approved Cannaway to be in the market, and that you launched operations in Hong Kong. And uh, because of that, you had said, "quote Our first Asian expansion has been a fantastic success in Japan, and now we look forward to bringing our high quality CBD products to Hong Kong as well." Hemp has had a long history in the region, and according to MJ Biz Daily, China is the world's largest hemp producer. So that's where I look at the. You know, just pointing the map, we're connecting the dots. We know that China is a market that everyone wants to be able to tap into, just like any other industry. You know, with the fact that you now have the popularity of CBD on the rise, Hong Kong, and you're seeing the opportunities there. How much, how soon can we see the Cannaway flag already being put in Japan and Hong Kong? How how soon can we get it as a gateway into the People's Republic of China?
4: I think it's coming in the near future. Uh, You know, CBD is legal in China. Um, There's not uh, a lot of international companies that have put any emphasis or effort onto expanding in that part of the world. And uh, I believe that we'll be the first uh, to actually have product in the market, something we're very, very excited about.
3: And just going back into interesting uh, information from New Frontier Data. That, so hemp has been growing in China for thousands of years. and But there was a, quite a bit of a, a a cultivation that was outlawed between 1985 and 2010. And since then, China has been able to become one of the world large, world's largest hemp producers, despite strict prohibition of high THC cannabis. Now... Can you give me any idea of what are some of the obstacles that you might be facing to break into the market and how much Hong Kong might be a, a condo that helps that?
4: Uh, for sure. It will be. Um, obviously you have got a, a Chinese population in Hong Kong. And as you know, a lot about, you know, growing a non-psychoactive cannabis business or a CBD business is about education, right? You have to educate people. Okay. What's the differences between marijuana and industrial hemp or what's the differences between CBD and THC? I mean, I remember when I started here in the United States, people didn't know the difference. Uh, and people used to look at me and say, what, you're working for you know a, a company that sells marijuana? And I said, Well, kind of. I think that's coming once there's federal legal and once there's federal legalization in this country. And I think it's the same in developing parts of the world in terms of cannabis legislation. People need to be educated right? You're not going to get high if you take CBD, for example. People need to get educated because just like here in the United States, there were laws over in the Eastern part of the world that were banning cannabis, just like you just mentioned. And so, you know, when you mention the word cannabis or marijuana or cannabinoid, you know, I think there's a great deal of confusion about what that actually means. And so what the market needs is to be educated and then to be given a high quality product that can make a difference in people's lives.
3: Now, I did notice there were some certain things when it comes to CBD, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it might be something similar to the U.S., that uh, their National Medical Products Administration, they talked about prohibited ingredients for cosmetics, and some of the newly prohibited ingredients were CBD, cannabis for sativa fruit, cannabis sativa seed oil, and cannabis sativa leaf extract. Um, it was part of a draft proposed this past March to ban cannabis-based cosmetics in China. So... Anything on the regulatory front where if somebody's talking about CBD and the product being brought to market in China, is there been any kind of a language barrier in terms of understanding the hemp derived CBD as opposed to TAC derived?
4: Uh, for sure. And it's changing rapidly and it's changing on a You know, if not a monthly, for sure a weekly or daily basis, depending on where you are in the world, which Country you're in, in the world, We're talking specifically about Asia right now, uh, you know, and even then, which province or state uh, you're talking about, uh, it's changing on a daily basis, is making news around the world, and so you've got to be on top of all the regulations. You know, one of the challenges with the cannabis industry in general is that you have companies who you know aren't really paying attention to the law doing whatever they want to do. Medical Marijuana Inc. is a publicly held company. And uh, before we enter into a market, we want to make sure we understand exactly what the law is and that we're complying 100% uh, with the local regulations, whatever they might be, so that we can bring a product that's going to be safe, effective, and make sure that our consumers are buying something that's legal wherever they are.
3: I want to go and quote from Chicago Tribune. They recently wrote about their 2021 Guide to Cannabis Laws Around the World, and we're only going to focus on Asia because I want to go ahead and now expand a little bit farther into the whole continent of Asia and what's being able to be done. Because if we're seeing other countries follow suit and legalizing to some extent medical or adult use or in the fact that hemp-derived CBD can be, you know, something that's very marketed and it can be be pushed around and can be put to market. I want to bring that point to light here. So now they say, quote, in the Middle East and Asia, most people still consider possession of cannabis a grievous offense, while some others completely ignore it. In some countries like Singapore, Turkey, Korea, KSA, Pakistan, Malaysia, and Japan, it is not legal to touch cannabis at all. It might be safe for you to use cannabis in countries like India, Laos, and Cambodia. And also the may mention that foreigners should not expect preferential treatment than what the locals experience if you arrive for these regions. Check the peculiar cannabis status in the countries you visit and abide by the rules. And also saying about that, it could be wise to leave your stash at home while going to Asian or Middle Eastern countries, as regions are still strictly against the plant in both forms. So seeing what, there, what a, kind of leniency is there is in other markets, in Asia, is it only do you feel like Japan, China, Hong Kong are part? Or do you think Southeast Asia looks into it? The Indian subcontinent, do you feel like any of that is in consideration for expansion?
4: Yeah, two thoughts there. Uh, First of all, I think they got it totally wrong on Japan. Uh, Second, how sad is it for us to be sitting here in 2021 and read a quotation like that? You know, (laughs) if if you had met some of the families that I've met and some of the people that I've met whose lives have completely transformed because they have free access to cannabis, whether it's non-psychoactive or psychoactive, and then to read something like this, You know, we've still got so much room and space for progress in the world in terms of educating people and really giving them free access to cannabinoids. And this is the company, you know, our company is one that will get out there, do the legislative work, go work with the local leadership and make sure that we can make positive change around the
3: world. And that just comes down to the fact that you know that's it's typical of the media, a mainstream media source like a Chicago, Chicago Tribune to make stories, which I don't know how much they actually took in terms of research or how much they're allowed to go and say or what kind of narrative they want to go after. But you know, it's now this was actually a story they also took from the French Fresh Toast that actually they used as part of their own story they put on their website. But it still comes down to you know. Yeah, they're trying to put information out there. It's misleading. It doesn't give enough context. You know, it's, I can only imagine. And the one thing is, you know, for a company like yours that's publicly traded, that's constantly in the public eye. I mean, it's this kind of misleading news from your mainstream news sources that could also affect into the financial information that goes out there because there's some convoluting out there and then all of that.
4: Yeah, for sure. and And, you know, around the world. Of course, if you're going to a country and you wanna take your CBD products with you or even your psychoactive products with you, you should make sure you understand the law where you're going uh, so that you can't get in trouble. And then on the other side of that, we have to, as an industry, as a company and as an industry, push for positive global change. Um, You know, I don't know the exact statistics, but in more than half of the world, the entire cannabis plant is still scheduled. I mean, it's like we were talking about before, that's just really sad, and it also provides great opportunity.
3: Yeah. Once again, we're here with Blake Schroeder, the CEO of Medical Marijuana Inc. and Cannaway here on Bump Business. Then I want to just make sure we go and go and direct all of our listeners to go to the websites to go and check them out for yourselves. Cannaway, K A N N A W A Y dot com, uh, Medical Marijuana Inc dot com, and also you know. For those of you investors like myself, always keep an eye on certain things you want to go ahead and bookmark. Uh, Go ahead and take a look at the OTC markets and look for Medical Marijuana, Inc. under their stock ticker MJNA. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more questions. And, And a part I want to actually ask, because with any regulatory body, we know in the States very well, for every market that comes in, we have to deal with an illicit market. And there's information about that. I want to go ahead and point out with Blake here. on This is after a short break. Stay with us rolling into some sponsors. But we'll be right back with more Blunt Business.
1: Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
3: We're back with Blake Schroeder, CEO of Medical Marijuana, Inc. In and Cannaway here on Bunt Business. So, Blake, I want to go and wrap things up and ask you a story uh, about a story that I read from vice.com. That said, quote, medical marijuana is legal in Thailand, but people are sticking with the black market. They wrote, quote, that despite the legalization of medical cannabis in Thailand in December 2018, Cannabis is offered for free, though, at the state-run hospital subject to strict regulation. Some patients in Thailand believe that pain-relieving qualities of government-sanctioned cannabis oil are not sufficient and prefer to go underground for stronger doses when treating severe conditions. So I want to know what your thoughts are as you're entering into the Asian market about the illicit market that is probably still apparent as you arrive in Asia and what you've learned about in Asia and the obstacles that any cannabis company that would enter the market will have to contend with.
4: Yeah, so I think it's really interesting. In fact, if you look back, uh, this is very similar to what happened in Canada, right? You had sort of, uh, you know, gray market in Canada, and then the government kind of took control, and now you can only buy it their state-run dispensaries, which uh, has been really an obstacle for truly free access in the market. It seems like that, you know, same thing is happening now in Thailand. I mean, I can't speak on all the illicit markets. What I can tell you is there's a lack of cannabis research, there's a lack of cannabis funding, there's a lack of cannabis you know, reform going on in the world. And what we need to do is really push for more positive global change. I mean, look, free access is a big deal. We've come a long ways in the United States, a long, long ways. And uh, some of the world is 20 or 30 years behind where we are right now. And, and so what you need is companies and individuals and governments really out there becoming more educated, especially if you're talking about non-psychoactive cannabis, it can help so many people. And there's just no good reason why it wouldn't be understood in the community and readily accepted by those that want to take it.
3: But it's, it's interesting the fact that Thailand, you would actually have it where it's being dispensed and no cost, which is a wonderful thing. But the other thing, I guess, also is that when you look at the – when you talk about the research, there's also whatever kind of distinction or any kind of just clouding up of what research is done, say, in Israel, where there's so much is being done, so, good, so much good research that doesn't get the credibility here in the States. And if it's not under some kind of regulatory body, under some microscope that somebody will – Absolutely, say, Well, this is you need to debunk this source, or you need to debunk this scientist or this laboratory to make the point across, and that's still an overlying thing. I mean, even no matter where you are around the world, there's always this having the good debunk this overlying myth that's been going on for a long time, and having the research to you know take over the conversation and and you know really just push back the narrative of any thoughts that there are issues why cannabis or hemp cannot be used?
4: Uh, for sure. It's a great point. And I think we're actually making some progress there. Um, I think in the last infrastructure bill that our government just passed mm-hmm. there, they finally <laughs> allowed for uh, federally funded institutions to start studying cannabis. Now there's all kinds of rules around it, uh, but that's a po- That's a step in the right direction. I mean you wouldn't believe the institutions that we've gone to and tried to do study and research but they couldn't because they were all being federally funded and they didn't want to lose their funding now the doors are open and just like you say you know okay well you don't want to get research out of mexico or brazil which by the way i think is good research but you know some people just want the research from the united states i think the doors have swung open for that maybe not all the way and maybe not in the exact way that we like we would like to see it but hey it's a step forward and any step forward the cannabis industry and in terms of our federal government having more acceptance of it is a great thing
3: now blake looking past the fact that the policy in that infrastructure bill did get passed but we already see there's so much contention in any kind of real bipartisanship in amongst our policymakers in dc and what they had to go through to put the bill together which sure the bill got passed but there were so many contentious issues I mean, it really the matter is I feel like more than anything else that the Biden administration just needed a win. They needed something positive to come out and say, okay, look, we got this done that, you know, with the leadership of President Biden, here we go. This policy made it through. And there's something of a legacy to go and leave behind in the first initial part of the administration. It's getting a notch as opposed to actually looking into what the bill is. Does that, and to me, that would give me a cause and looking at the cannabis Administration Opportunity Act, the CAOA that they're looking to go ahead and pass, that is being you know, pushed around now with Senate Democrats. My issue is, look at how much watering down they're going to take care of that and how much contention there was, how much pushback there was on anything that's preparing to be pushed in any policy. Does that concern you at all as to where cannabis legalization will lead here in the states?
4: Uh, for, for sure it does. Uh, but I will remain optimistic that you know there there was a part of the infrastructure bill that did include for cannabis research to be done by federally funded institutions which i think is a step in the right direction now notwithstanding i think that what you say is accurate and yes i am also you mentioned it uh the act that's going to be before congress for uh federal legislation of cannabis um you know i'm not sure that we're uh, at a point where you know people are going to have a serious look at that but hey we should and it should happen sooner than later again free access that's what people in the united states need that's what people in brazil need that's what people in mexico need that's what people in asia need we've come a long way but there's still a long way to go
3: Uh, the uh, the free access idea i would love to be able to see something like that in the united states and just see other countries follow the same suit but And I, I appreciate you coming out. And you're not the first person on the cannabis radio that has said about you know when it comes to what DC's doing, cautiously optimistic is the (laughs) is the (laughs) keyword phrase. I I get it. Um, I guess it's just my cynicism Blake, at my age, you know. Just it comes down to that. Uh, (laughs) But I mean, I I still am very hopeful and optimistic. and and you know I, just gotta feel more more of a. I gotta get with the the vibe you're getting off of that, but. This is where I also think this is me on the bully pulpit constantly saying, well, then if we want to make sure that this happens, I don't know how many people are going to be proponents of infrastructure to get a a bill like that passed across. We know there's a lot of lobbying firms. We know there's a lot of organizations that are now pounding the doors of D.C. to make sure that everything from social equity to, you know, disenfranchise and, and, you know, releasing incarcerated, you know. Citizens that were, and also giving them a second chance to use the industry to go ahead and build back their livelihoods. There's all that. We need everything in the bills. When the uh, CAO comes, we need everything included. And also make it where it's state controlled with federal oversight. It's all this needs to be together. We need a full fight to have this all encompassed. So when I look at, you know, where the policymakers are, there needs to be an overwhelming response from the industry. Whether it's your organizations or however it has to be, there has to be such a pushback and such a rollover, you know, that we need the policymakers to go ahead and they can't leave anything out. So that's my whole point is that we can't have a bill that's going to just take things out of it and then just gets watered down again. Same thing with the universal health care, all those kind of ideas. But we haven't been able to have a Congress that has been able to go ahead and have a, any supermajority to make sure that if a bill comes in to, you know, be voted upon, that more than everything that we were looking for is going to be in it.
4: I, I totally I, I could not agree with you more. Um, and, you know, just the landscape that we live in today, it's also important, I think, just to look at the wins. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a, a little story here in, in sure. closing. You know, uh, when I first came to this company in 2016, I met a little girl named Sadie. And Sadie suffers from a syndrome called Shinzel Gideon syndrome, and it causes her to have, you know, hundreds of of seizures in a day. And, you know, when she would go to the hospital, they wouldn't even let her bring her CBD oil in. None of her doctors would say, hey, it might be good for you to try a cannabis based supplement. It was totally off the table Mm -hmm. because they were so scared of the repercussion. Uh, that they might be recommending something like this. Well, you know, fast forward a few years, uh, Sadie's now in school and she's doing incredibly well. And she can go to the hospital, and her doctors are happy that she's taking cannabis based supplements because they've seen great improvement in her quality of life. And so the world has changed. I will agree with you. I would love for it to change more quickly and at a more rapid pace. And there's no question the United States leads the way. What we do here in the United States in terms of cannabis legalization will spread across the world. We've been talking about Asia today, you know, nothing could happen more quickly in Asia than for us to make more progress more quickly here in the United States.
3: Let's go wrap things up. Let's go ahead and talk about what's been going on with MGNA and a can Let's go and talk about can and the product line that you have right now. Just get a little bit of highlights of what you have when it comes to CBD products that are not detectable THC, full strength, maximum strength, Various areas when it comes to sleep, mood, body, nutrition, beauty, and others. Uh, any kind of highlights you want to give us uh, when it comes to people going to canaway.com K-A-N-N-A-W-A-Y.com?
4: Uh, for sure. Appreciate that opportunity. Uh, our best, you know, our very best products actually are the products that this company launched when it launched the CBD industry. And so we're talking about our applicators here. You know, and that's how the, that's how the entire industry was launched. And now everybody's kind of moved away to, you know, uh, isolate based products or even distillate based products, but really the real deal is those green, gold, and blue applicators. That's what started those, this industry. And that is what is still the primo products. If you're talking about CBD or Mm non-psychoactive cannabis that you can find on the market and we're the only company that sells them, I think. We're the only company because everybody else is on a race just to provide, you know, the lowest possible price. And you end up with an isolate product. Um, slip products are still get great products, but you're not going to get the full benefits of taking, you know, your true full spectrum products. So those are the ones we're most important about and the ones that I'm most passionate about.
3: All right. And then for, also for those that want to be interested, uh, let we'll me also direct you to the website, medicalmarijuanainc.com. And as I said, if you go and invest, throw a couple of bucks into the uh, OTC markets and take a look for MJNA and the stock ticker for medical marijuana Inc. Uh, Blake, I really appreciate you taking time to talk to us today. Really. Thanks for taking time out and please go ahead and stay in touch with us and let us know of any new uh, developments.
4: Great to be on the program and I look forward to doing it soon. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you, Blake. And for our listeners, as we're going to close things out, I just want to take a personal note and uh, I've been doing podcasting for 16 years. And one of the people I got to work with for, about a good 12 of those years. Uh, his name was John Carcutt we worked at a program that we host over on our sister network. Uh, it's called SE101. Uh, John, just recently we just learned of him. Pa- he passed away from a heart attack. Uh, uh, very unfortunate and very tragic. And he, left, he has family and friends that are deeply going to miss him. And for myself, I wanted to make sure that in tribute, I want to make sure to go ahead and, you know, talk about John and just the fact that, you know, have worked with him for so many different episodes great guy great individual great seo mind and he'll be he'll be sorely missed so just a tribute to john Carcut here on the program as i close things out listeners thanks again for listening in appreciate you checking us with us every th- every place we are available when it comes to apple amazon spotify iHeartRadio, and the rest thanks for listening in we'll talk to you next time